we did not try for, I'd say, four years is when we decided to start finally thinking about another baby. I had to make sure that I was going to be okay with myself and not blame myself if it happened again. Because, you know, they say there's always that possibility of you getting preeclampsia a second time. Um, Mm -hmm. And if it happened again, would it happen earlier? Would, you know, would I lose the baby? And I had to make sure that I wouldn't put all the blame on me if that happened. Sure. So when we finally started to try again, we ended up losing three babies and two of them were back to back. Um, Mm. The second, the second miscarriage I had, we, I went to my regular OB, which was high risk anyways, because I was deemed high risk with my first, um, to go backtrack a little. I actually had open heart surgery when I was little, um, when I was three. So I was going to be a high risk if I could get pregnant, no matter when I got pregnant. So I went to my OB and they um, gave me an appointment for uh, infertility clinic because we had had three losses. We were already, you know, told we couldn't have kids. And even though I had one, that doesn't mean that we weren't dealing with secondhand fertility issues. Hello and welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am so glad that you are here. If you are here for the very first time, welcome. I am so glad that you have found me. If you have been with me before, a huge welcome back to you. This podcast is a place, it's a platform where I have been spreading awareness, connecting and supporting those that have experienced the struggles of infertility or loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy. We talk about feeling alone, isolated, the grief and where to find support. I hold space here where professionals share how they can support you and those that have personally have experienced infertility or loss can share their stories to connect and give support to others. Your healing and happiness is very important to me. My listeners and clients have shared that they feel like they are not sure what to do. Their relationships are hard. They're feeling alone and isolated, feeling like no one understands and their needs are not being heard. I hear you, I see you, and we talk about them. We're spreading awareness and giving you a voice. If hope and healing is what you're looking for, you have come to the right place. Hi, Aspen. Welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I am so grateful, blessed, thankful that you're able to join me today to share with me a little bit and the audience. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I know you're a little nervous. It's okay. Most people are nervous. A lot of people I talk to have never done a podcast, so it's all good. It's all good. Um, as we get talking, it'll it'll just be wonderful. I know. So um, before we you share your story, um, I would like for you to first share who is this beautiful woman I can see, but maybe the audience can't see because they're just listening to the audio. Who's this beautiful woman I see on the screen? Um, I am Aspen. And I would like to think that I am compassionate 
and loving. Um, I know you said to drop all the titles, but I really am <laughs> just a mom. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm an artist. I love photography. Um, I like to find the beauty in things. So, I mean, that's me. I give it my all, everything I do. I um, love that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> that was really yeah. hard to answer. Yeah, yeah. When I, um, just the audience is, when I talk to Aspen, I'm like, you know, a lot of times people want to give all of their titles. Um, mom, Christian, gardener, like all the things. Um, and that's good. But really deep down, I like people to share who they are as a person, you know. Um, so I love that how you answered that. So, yeah, it's who you are. Loving. I love it. So I, I know a little bit of Aspen's story, but not much. So share with us um, when you thought you wanted to have a family, how that all came to be. I know there was a loss in there. Um, and I, so I know some more, but I'm not going to share any more that I know. So share with <laughs> us, uh, share with us your journey to be a mom. Um, so I knew, I think from a really young age that I wanted to be a mom, like that was just my goal in life. I know that sounds silly, but I was nope, maybe it like doesn't. six years old and I would sleep with my baby dolls and I'd wake up to roll over so that I didn't roll on my baby dolls. Like I just oh, knew that I was yeah. going to be, um, and then like I spoke with you a little bit on the phone when I was a teenager, I was told that there may be a chance I couldn't be a mom at all without the miscarriages or losses that came about. Um, so I had kind of grieved that and gave up on the possibility of it because I wasn't sure, obviously, as a teenager, if I wanted to even look into fertility, like go through um, IVF or anything like that when I decided to be a mom. Um, but then I got pregnant with my daughter and mm -hmm. she was a surprise. We were, um, on birth control and we were not trying. <laughs> mm -hmm. So very grateful. Um, so are you willing to share why you were told that at such a young age, why there wouldn't be children? Did you have, yeah. have, yeah. Um, so when I was a child until I was around four, my um, biological father sexually abused me. And I was told that there was too many, too much scar tissue mm. um, left from that incident that it was unlikely that I would ever be able to get pregnant. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's pretty, that's a lot of trauma for someone <laughs> so young. Lots of trauma. Um, for sure and then to get the diet the being told that because of that trauma now more trauma to you yeah. you may not be a mom which you indicated that you so wanted to do for a very very long time so a surprise pregnancy even on birth control and <laughs> and that gosh yeah that had to have been a huge huge surprise being yes, told that, very that, much. that would not happen. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So any problem with that pregnancy at all? 
Um, actually, yes. So we we were okay in the beginning, um, and then around, I'd say around 27 weeks, I started noticing that I was getting really bad headaches, and I was getting really swollen, and I just didn't feel right. Um, and then at my 30-week appointment, we found out that my blood pressure was starting to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, around 32 weeks, they decided to hospitalize me, and I was diagnosed with preeclampsia because I had too much protein in my urine. Um, and my blood pressure was really, really high. We started the magnesium drip. Um, and within that two weeks, we we were told we were going to try to make it to 37. But by 34 weeks, it was just too uncontrolled. And we had to um, deliver my baby early. So okay. she was born at 34 weeks, four pounds, eight ounces, mm-hmm. tiny but mighty. <laughs> um, she had a NICU stay, which was two weeks. Um, so it was kind of traumatic there too, finally getting my baby and then having to go through all of that as a first time mom. Sure. Um, But I'm definitely grateful for her because going through all that definitely made my next two children way easier. Just not Mm -hmm. having to already being prepared for the what ifs. Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, for sure. We'll prepare you for that. So going back a little bit, um, so how did you navigate? Was there grief um, knowing that there was a possibility of you not being a mom? And then you had indicated that you weren't sure about, you know, um, IVF or any of that kind of stuff. How, How were you at that time? Where was the support? Was there lots of grief or you just like, well these things happen. It's okay. We're moving on. How were you at that time? Like, um, so to put it all out there, when I was, I think I was 17, I ended up having to do what they called, um, the safe program in Missouri. It it was in a mental hospital. Um, and I had to admit myself. Well, my mom helped me. Obviously I was under 18. My mom admitted me. Um, and it was a 30 day program that helped me just kind of get through all of that, the sexual abuse. Um, My mom wasn't always around when I was young. So I had to work through that um, and just everything. And that definitely helped a lot. And it helped me get coping mechanisms for grieving. Um, So when it came time when I was a little bit older and I thought I couldn't have kids, I definitely grieved, um, but not... I guess not as much as one would think because I had all these years from being a child to know this is probably not a possibility. And then I went through that program that helped me like learn how to deal with that. If that makes sense. Sure. Sure. Do you think, um, not to pry too much and you tell me, don't want to talk about (laughs) that if, if it's, if it's too much. Um, but what I'm thinking is like, you went into this program, was that because there was like depression, you know, did you suffer from depression or what was going on? Um, Cause so I, it's awesome, yeah. awesome that you were able to get the help that you needed that at that age prior yes. to, you know, deal yes. and, get, and learn the coping skills and all of those things. Yes. Um, I went in because of depression. Um, okay. I had a suicide attempt um, okay. and then 
after that hospitalization is when we decided to do this program. And we found out that I had severe PTSD from what happened mm. with my father. Mm-hmm. So once I got treated for that, everything started to be Good. better. <laughs> um, <Good>. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Just as um, a grief coach and just all of my training and stuff, I, I had an inkling <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit that there was some depression and um, that you indicated that you had some coping, you need to learn some coping skills that were helpful for you, that there was something there from all of that trauma I mean so for sure um and and several traumas that you had there besides the abuse and the news you know of possibly no children um so double almost almost trauma for you and so can totally understand and probably the listeners can as well the depression and and all the things that you went through grateful that you're here thank you your mom helped you you know get some support that you needed for sure so you have this beautiful little girl correct and two weeks only in the NICU that's impressive to me she was a little fighter and very healthy so that is really um, a short stay for um, how early you had her you know because a lot of times they'll say you till their due date almost is when they average um, when they their NICU stay. So that's that was good. And so I know there's there's more to your story. So share some more with us. What what happened then later after her? Okay, so um, after she came home, she did come home with a feeding tube, which was part of how she was able to come home because she had. She was great with keeping her temperatures, her sugar. She just did not like to eat. Um, She had a feeding tube for about two years. So we did not try for, I'd say, four years is when we decided to start finally thinking about another baby. I had to make sure that I was going to be okay with myself and not blame myself if it happened again. Because, you know, they say there's always that possibility of you getting preeclampsia a second time. Um, Mm -hmm. and if it happened again, would it happen earlier? Would, you know, would I lose the baby? And I had to make sure that I wouldn't put all the blame on me if that happened. Sure. So when we finally started to try again, we ended up losing three babies and two of them were back to back. Um, Mm. the second, the second miscarriage I had, we, I went to my regular OB, which was high risk anyways, because I was deemed high risk with my first. Um, to go backtrack a little, I actually had open heart surgery when I was little. Um, oh, gosh. When I was three. So I was going to be a high risk if I could get pregnant, no matter when I got pregnant. So I went to my OB and they um, gave me an appointment for uh, infertility clinic. Because we had had three losses. We were already, you know, told we couldn't have kids. And even though I had one, that doesn't mean that we weren't dealing with secondhand fertility issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so we made that appointment. And it was due to come up in April. And on my birthday, which was February 25th of um, 2021. Sorry. <laughs> There's been too many babies lately. Um, I decided, well, I'm supposed to get my period today, so I might as well just take a test. I mean, we haven't been trying this month because we decided to wait till we've seen the doctor. 
Um, but let's just see. And it was positive. It was mm. bright positive. And I was partnered with my son, who will be two this year. Awesome. Awesome. So there were losses between there? Is that what you had indicated? Yes. So between my, my first and my second, we lost three. Okay. Were those early pregnancy loss or later pregnancy yeah. loss? Um, the first one, I never even got a scan, so I'm not sure how far I was, but the mm -hmm. uh, second two was before 10 weeks. Okay. So early, early. Yeah. Loss. They didn't indicate reasons for those losses or anything? No. Um, I think that's something we probably would have found out from the fertility clinic, but we never ended up, I called to tell them I was pregnant and we just ended up canceling that appointment and just stuck with high risk. Um, sure. I'm sure. not sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Sometimes you, we just don't know um, for sure. And a lot of times they don't, they can't figure it out or they don't test or um, especially when they're early, early losses. Um, they can do some for sure, but a lot of times they don't. So then you had a little boy and yes. did you have preeclampsia with him um, or was I everything? Did not, thankfully at the end, I started to get a little bit of a high blood pressure, like a few high blood pressure readings. Mm -hmm. um, so we just kept an eye on it, but he ended up coming on his own at 37 weeks. Mm. So had I held him longer, I don't know what happens. I don't want to think about it, but he, <laughs> He came on his own. He was healthy, seven pounds, eight ounces. Um, wow. The only issues I had with him was I got um, gestational diabetes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so did you start with that early in the pregnancy, mid-pregnancy? Um, mid or more later? It, yeah. My first glucose test, I failed. And then the second one... Um, I couldn't even keep the drink down. I got sick from it. So they were like, uh, well, let's just do some testing on your, you know, check your sugars every time you eat. And after I took my numbers back, they were like, you're diabetic. <laughs> oh, gosh. Something with every pregnancy. My <laughs> goodness. So, and after him, no NICU, full term, really 37 yep. weeks. That's amazing. And he eats. <laughs> yay, yay. So no feeding tube or anything yes. like that with him. That's great. That's great. And you then, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you wouldn't believe how amazing it felt to feed a baby a bottle. Ooh, every time it was like this magical moment because he was actually eating. Yeah, yeah. And to not have a NICU stay. I mean, I'm sure that was was that kind of worrisome when you got yeah, later in your prank? Yeah. Yes, that too. I was so scared to leave a baby again in the hospital because I don't, I mean, every, people can imagine how it would feel to leave your baby, but to actually do it is just like, it's a feeling I would not wish on anybody. Mm -hmm. And then when she was in the NICU, it was so full that we were not allowed to stay the night. So once I was released, I had to go home and mm -hmm. walk away without her. <laughs> And then um, I was only allowed up early morning hours until about 10 o'clock at night. So. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was um, 20. What'd you say? Was that 2021? for her. Oh, six. Okay. Okay. And then he was 20, 2021. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I was going to say, was that because of COVID, but that was prior, way no, prior. No, they were just, prior. there was just so many babies. Okay. So many babies. 
Okay. Okay. And then I know there's more to your story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, are you talking about my third? <laughs> yes, I am. We're going to share about all of them. So when he was three months old, um, do you want me to tell the whole thing like I told you? I had, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, pica or pica in my pregnancies where my iron was low. Um, so I would like crave the smell of soap. And I, when he was about three months old, I was at Walmart and I passed the soap aisle and I was like, oh no, <laughs> that smells so good. So I ran, got a pregnancy test and we came home bright positive. Um, mm. My two littles are 11 months apart. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I never have heard of that. So you're the first to share that with me. That's a smell um, like makes you hungry or, or whatever. It, it, I like remember I craved it. It was weird. It was, I yeah, knew not I, to eat it. I was smart enough not to eat it, but it was like you wanted to. Wow. <laughs> See, and I've had the smells like almost make me, I can remember being nauseous from smells. And of course, cravings to eat things, but not the smell driving yeah. a craving. <laughs> it sounds like you had. So I've never heard of that. And you had shared that with me about, you know, wanting to like eat soap. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> everybody's like I keep that to yourself but honestly it's not talked yeah. about enough and I yeah. feel like more people that go through pregnancy should know about it because I ended up having to have iron transfusions with my last and it my iron was so bad that they told me if I didn't get the transfusion or infusion sorry um a week before I was gonna have her that if I had any type of blood loss I may not make it or I would be very sick and need um, blood transfusions. So I had that infusion and literally a week later she was born. So we made it exactly one week. And I, my iron was still low when I had her because of blood loss, but luckily it was right on the lines where I didn't need to get blood, but they kept mm. checking every few hours just to make sure. Okay, so just to be clear or to clarify, so the smelling of the soup did that have something to do with the iron yes or so no? that's what okay. told me okay. is that it's that um I really don't know how to pronounce it but it's pica okay. or pica um okay. it can make you if you're it could be any kind of vitamins but usually in pregnant women they said it's iron and it hmm. can make you crave the ice it can make you crave um like soaps dirt um concrete some people want to eat chalk um it's it's weird yeah <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah. I really didn't know about it until, I mean, my second pregnancy more about it. And then my third is when I really started to like look into it and like learn like what is going on with me? Because like even my Aunt Terry, which, you know, I told her and she's like, I would keep that to myself, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think when we keep things to ourselves, that's why people don't know about these kind of things mm -hmm. because people are like, oh, I can't share that. That's it's weird, weird. <laughs> you know, and it is, and it is, but when we share those kind of things, it allows people to be like, oh my gosh, that same thing happened to me, and yeah. I thought, like, I was the only one, you know, yeah. and so I, I'm glad that you're sharing that with us, with us here, and so because of the low iron, so you were, were you losing blood somewhere along the line, or no? Um, 
I don't think so. Um, just the iron levels were low. Yeah, it was just the iron. Okay. My body wasn't absorbing it correctly. And then we tried the pills um, and my body just wasn't reacting to it. So we had to do the, the infusion. Um, for me personally, I got, because it was so close to me delivering and I had my first at 34, even though we were induced. And then my second at 37 on his own, they were scared because I was 36 weeks along that if I went into labor, I wasn't going to get it in time if we did the normal ones, because the normal ones, you get like three, I think, infusions, and it's over a span of like three or four weeks. So they did the highest dose, which is over the span of just two hours, two or three hours. And I just was at the hospital to get that. Um, So it was just a one-time thing for me um, to hopefully get it all absorbed by the time she came. And luckily we did because she came at 37 weeks on the dot, just like her brother. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, good. I'm I'm glad that they figured that out for you because that, yeah, could have been bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With, with the blood loss and everything. With, with my last, um, her umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck. So every time I was having contractions, she was having heart decels. So we almost had to have a C-section and I couldn't imagine what could have happened had I not had that iron and we went into surgery. Sure. Sure. So wow. It was good to be safe and be ready for just in case. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. I, I, like you, like every pregnancy was different and different things. I too um, lacked iron back when, back in the day when I did it, they didn't do any um, fusions or anything. I remember, it seemed like I got shots or something is what I got to try to boost. But yeah, every pregnancy I was low on iron. Um, So that's pretty common, I think. But I guess what, what you had um, is more, um, that the iron's really low that you have those other symptoms so yeah yeah okay. I guess it's like how low I'm not sure I ended yeah. up having to actually see an oncologist because they deal with the blood part of it to figure out how we were going to treat me before she came okay so have you had any problems with any of that since then are you still are you good um my iron's on the lower side but it's not okay. too low um okay. But as far as I know, I'm good. (laughs) Good, 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 good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So plans for more or do whatever, whatever God. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Actually, we found out about my third when my husband was recovering from his vasectomy. Mm. Um, So we were were having (laughs) two and then we had three. Um, So we went ahead and doubled down and I got my tubes tied also just because I've had so many issues during pregnancies that we didn't want to tempt fate anymore. So that's good. Sure. We, we are for sure not having any more. Yeah. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that, you know, especially if you're, you have complications and or losses um, emotionally, physically, sometimes you just have to make decisions like yes. that, to, especially and- if you're at risk. And honestly, um, I never, if you would have asked me at 17, 18, if I was going to get my tubes tied one day, I would say, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> now yeah. I was, that struck some grief in me too, even though okay. I knew I was done and I was ready to be done. And 
in my heart, I said, if I have another pregnancy and this time I don't make it, I'm leaving three babies behind that need their mom. There's still a part of me that's like, I'm giving up more babies. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a loss. That's a loss of a dream and a desire and, and all of that. So I can totally understand grief being associated with that for sure. For sure. So during those times when you were struggling, you know, with um, the grief, um, where did you find support? Was that your mom or especially Honestly, through those three miscarriages back to back to back that, I don't know, my opinion, my thought could have been a very difficult time. My husband has been my biggest but, support. And then I have my mom and my aunt, um, who are both always there, and my sister. I have, mm -hmm. I have a lot of people, but the one that I go to with everything and that knows everything about me is my husband. Mm -hmm. Good, good. And he was very supportive for you. Yes. Good, good. Sometimes husbands and wife, um, they're supportive, but they are not necessarily um, good with grief and communicating because they, we know that everybody grieves differently. And so sometimes that's kind of a difficult time, but it sounds like in your case, it was good that he was there and, and really supported you. So that's great. I think that part of the reason is because we've been through a lot of loss together before this. Um, I mean, when we were friends before we started dating, he had lost his grandfather and I was mm -hmm. there. Um, and then we both suffered a loss together. Um, let's say when my daughter was a year old, mm -hmm. um, it was my cousin and his best friend. He had died in a um, head-on collision from a drunk driver. Mm. So that was the biggest, that was the time when we were figuring out, you grieve this way, I grieve this way. Because we had gotten engaged two days before he passed away. Oh, gosh. So I went, head over heels planning my wedding because I just didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to like hear about it. I just wanted to have my mind set and do something. And that, that honestly almost broke us because he did not grieve that way. He was like, how are you planning a wedding right now when he just died? <laughs> yeah. um, so we really had to figure each other out during that time. And it Good. was a hard time, but once we figured it out, it definitely made us stronger. Sure. You're sure you will benefit for that from that, I should say, um, through your marriage. So glad that, um, not glad that it happened, no. but glad that it, you learned from it, <laughs> yeah. I guess, um, at such a young age, because that's, that's a biggie. That's a biggie. So I know too, that you have created a business. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about your business and why you created your business. So my business is, I would like to say just jewelry, but I make more than just jewelry. Um, it's basically any kind of keepsake you could think of. Um, I make rings, uh, necklaces, earrings, bookmarks, keychains. Like if you can think of it, I can probably try to make it. Um, but I started this because of everything I've been through. I really wanted to, my first, I couldn't breastfeed at all because of her NICU time and not eating. My second, I tried to breastfeed, um, but he had a 
lip tie we didn't find out about till he was a year old and then I lost my milk at three months when I got pregnant so we didn't make it far at all my third she breastfeeds like a champ I'm finally getting that experience I wanted to remember it mm-hmm. so I wanted to get breast milk jewelry made from my preserved milk um but I wanted to figure out how to do it on my own so I took the time to learn and I made my own breast milk ring and I put her umbilical cord pieces in it and all three of their hair. And now it's capsulated on my finger forever. Um, I wanted to give that to other pa- parents and people. Um, and I don't just do breast milk. I do like ashes, human remains, um, pets, humans, just so that it helps the people that are possibly grieving to have something to help heal them. Like, I don't want to say I'm happy that that happened to them, but I'm happy that I'm able to help them. And I've ha- had so many people with ashes, like, they finally get their jewelry and they message me and they're like, I absolutely love this. I'm in tears. And it just, it makes me happy. Even though part of me feels sad for them, it makes me so happy. Um, but yeah, I started it because I wanted to give moms and people a piece to remember that mm-hmm. wouldn't just in their freezer or sit on a shelf and they could take it with them and that's awesome (laughs) that's awesome it's cool that you figured that all out you know did the research whatever trial and error I'm I'm sure yeah (laughs) I actually just had an order today like that (laughs) yeah yeah so that's cool I mean I've heard of because I worked at a funeral home for 15 years so I definitely heard of jewelry from cremains um that you know I I heard out about many many years ago that I didn't really hear a whole lot I would say about breast milk and you said umbilical cord as well like I didn't even know that you could take that with you like to use well so the how does that work the part of the umbilical cord I use is the stump that stays on baby Okay, okay. So if you've kept that, I can take it and you won't even know that anything's missing. I just take the end of it and I cut it and then I turn it into like almost powder and then I place it in a, either a design or I mix it or however you want me to do it. Um, and then the moms that do take their placenta, if they get it capsulated into powder form by a different company, then I will use the capsules too and I can mix that up and make it into a stone. I can use, I've even made, um, there was a mom who suffered a miscarriage after trying for many years and I used, um, the pregnancy test that she had gotten her positive on and I used just a little bit of the cap where you, again, couldn't tell it was even missing and I turned it into a ring for her. Wow. Wow. You're so creative. (laughs) That's cool. I love that. Um, because just like what you said, um, the healing um, and the support um, with those that have had loss like that, to have that piece of jewelry or whatever you've made for them, I'm sure is so beneficial for them and so healing to have those things, just a piece of that person with them all the time. So I love that you do that. Um, so tell the audience, where, how do they find you? Like, what's the name of your company? And do they find you on Facebook? Do they email you? How do, how do they get in contact with you? What's the best way and the name of it for sure? 
Okay. Um, it's called Little Milky Way Creations. And right now I'm just on Facebook. Um, you can message me on there. Um, I'm hopefully going to be trying to figure out a way to be able to receive calls and text, but that's in the, a work in process. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So do you work with people? I know it, is this fairly new? How long have you been? Um, yes, I've been doing it since around January. Okay. Um, so fairly new. Yeah. And no, it's just me. Um, if I need help with something like the kids or, um, sometimes working with the metal, I'll need a little, another hand or something. My husband helps me. Um, Perfect. he's a huge supporter. If I need supplies, he runs out and gets it for me. Um, definitely has had my back through this whole process. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. With two, two really little ones, you know, um, I'm sure your older daughter is a huge help with the little, but, um, yeah, that's cool. So are you just doing these for people locally? Are these um, orders yeah. that you're getting throughout the United States or the world or, or share more about um, that? Not the world yet, but um, I've had some <laughs> Colorado. I've had some from Georgia. Um, they just, they found me and I've made it out there, I guess. And um, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's doing good for never doing this before um so yeah. far everybody seems to love what I've made them I put my heart and soul into it I'm definitely a perfectionist um so if I don't like it I start over I want them to think that they got their money's worth um and then I also try to make it affordable too because had I had the funds I probably would have made had somebody make a ring for me for my daughter because I did obviously get milk um I just you know I couldn't feed it to her very long I tried to pump for a while but the stress of the NICU it just it didn't work um so I want to make sure that if there is people that are in the situation I was in when I was 21 that they can also afford it and have something that they you know really want <laughs> sure. Um, sure. So, yeah. that's beautiful that's beautiful well, I love to always hear why um, people start businesses um, and where that pot comes from um, and all of that. And yours, of course, it came because you couldn't feed your really the oldest, your your oldest because of the NICU um, and then limited, right? On the note, the second was very limited, right? And then yeah, you so, your third. Yeah, he had... Um the the left tie so it didn't fully latch how we were supposed to um sure. so we did bottles sure. too and sure. I got pregnant and lost it all um sure yeah so that's cool so had you heard about jewelry made from breast milk yeah and I okay. had so you knew a little bit about it oh yes and I actually almost got some made from my son and something told me to just wait because I well, part of me wanted to feed him whatever milk I had in the fridge. I didn't realize how little it took. Um, I only need 10 ml to turn into jewelry. So I was sitting there thinking, I'm going to have to send a whole bag of milk in. That's a whole bag of milk he could have. And, you know, we already struggled. Sure. And, and then I'm glad I waited because, I mean, A, I turned it into a business. But B, I wouldn't have had anything to do with my third in that ring. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. I love that. Um, I am just so grateful, really, that to have met 
you and we'll probably continue this um, connection that's been established for us. But just everything that you've already endured in your, for me, my opinion, my thought, just because you're much younger than me, your short life and, and you seem to be such an, you're an inspiration to me. Thank so you. I know you are an inspiration to so many other people, you know, so strong. Um, so last question for you. Okay. Words of encouragement or insight for a mom. And I'll let you decide on, you know, whether it's someone that wants to be a mom, somebody that's been traumatized as a child and told they would not have children or losses, miscarriage, NICU. You tell us, what kind of words of encouragement or insight can you give to whatever area of that you'd like to? Um, I think this would fit a lot of categories, but take it a minute at a time. Mm -hmm. Don't take it a day at a time or an hour at a time or a month at a time, take it a minute at a time and tell yourself, okay, we got through this minute. Now it's the next. That is the way I made it through my hardest days. Because if I thought, okay, tomorrow will be better, then the day just drug on so long mm -hmm. and it was just so much harder. So if you just say a minute at a time, you can do a minute. Count to 60, you could do a minute. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, great. Great encouragement, great insight um, to share for sure. And I know you had those days through, yes. <laughs> through through several through several areas of your life through multiple times. So I am again just very grateful, blessed, honored to have met you. Um, I can see us teaming up on some things. Me as a grief coach, working with women that have experienced loss. And you as someone that does, I'm going to call it memorial jewelry or jewelry to, you know, remember whatever the situation is, um, that I can see us teaming up and doing some good things in the future. That together. sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So thank you again for taking some time today to share with my listeners um, who, who Aspen is and giving them some great um, great encouragement, inspiration to continue on their journeys, whatever those journeys are. Thank you for having me and thank you for helping the nerves. <laughs>
I would love for you to find me on social media. On Facebook, you can find me at Teresa Werner Reiniger. On Instagram, Teresa Reiniger. And on both Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Living After Grief. If you need support and are feeling alone on your journey, I am here to support you. I am looking forward to being with you again next week. So continue to share your story to help others feel inspired and to give them hope on their journey. Until next week, have a peaceful and blessed week.